How are you doing? How's everything? Who's Roland? That's my real first name. Oh, it is? Yeah, yeah Roland. Where did Jesse I'm a Roland. Uh, it's like a nickname. Oh. I was little. My real name is Rolando Jesus Villanueva. Whoa, 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 too fast. Say it again. Rolando Jesus Villanueva. Ah, that's a great name. Yeah. Very Puerto Rican. Oh, is it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I thought so, Roland was British. No, no. Oh. It's back to the island. <laughs> Are you full I'm, Puerto Rican? I'm half. My mom's Italian, my dad's Puerto Rican. Oh. Here we are. Do <laughs> you speak either language? No. No? No. Not even like a little bit. I would love to lie and tell you that I do, but I don't. You pure Americano. Yeah, from New York. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so did they immigrate over here when they were children or were they born here? Both of my parents were born here. They're first generation. So my mom's mother's from Italy and my mom's father. My mom's my dad's parents are both from Puerto Rico. How they so meet? They're both in Miami. Uh huh. They were both like weird hippies, and in the seventies, they they individually. My mom's from Pennsylvania. My dad's from the Bronx. They both decided to move down to Miami, and uh, they met each other at a little cafe, and the rest is history. <laughs> oh, that's why you grew up in Florida. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Are my they dad there? Used to be a musician. Yeah, they're still in Florida. Oh. So my dad used to be a musician. He used to be in Richie Haven's band in the 60s and in the 70s. And then at some point he had like a little, he had an acid meltdown. <laughs> and, he, and he was like, I got to get the fuck out of here. Oh, really? And he had then, a fat trip? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he saw himself in his doorway, like pointing to him to like go somewhere. And he was like, I think I should go. <laughs> <laughs> You know, so you know he's apparently he was tripping the entire drive. Like he literally like packed up his shit and moved that day. The inner voice is strong. What can you say? Yeah. And, and here I am. <laughs> yeah, it's a wild one. It's a wild one. <laughs> yeah, they're funny. There's some funny. There's some funny folks. Where are you? What is this background? I like it. I'm in my apartment. Oh, it's you like, are. Uh, yeah, it's like a, it's like an old factory that got built out. So it's kind of got a lot of old character to it. Oh, what factory? It was like a paper factory back in the day. And it's still got like, I mean, it's, it's wild. Like it's, it's kind of a big, weird place. But it's nice because it's got enough space for me to have an office and it's got space for like shit. Got a lot of space for the dog to run around and be a little fucking lunatic. Um, you know, <laughs> and it's directly across the street from the skate shop. So for me, I can like sit in my bedroom and like watch the store. <laughs> so it's, I like that portion, you know? Like, <laughs> and it was really good during COVID, like the actual quarantine period, because people were still skateboarding because you could exercise. So they would just direct like DM the shop through Instagram or like text me. And then I would meet them down at the store, wouldn't let them in the store. And I'd like show them product from behind the glass. And then they could order the product online on their phone. And then I would put the product outside and then like <laughs> wave goodbye. So like we've made it through that shit, no problem. 
it was just a lot of like up and down stairs. So it was, it was weird. It was like being in an aquarium, but like we got it done. It was yeah. strange. Yeah, it's just strange. Over here at the Venice Skate Park, they actually put sand inside I the saw skate dome. I saw that. That's so much work. Why would you do that shit? That's so fucked up. It's like an old man who's Grinch. It's like, ah, don't have yeah, any fun. And the thing about it is it's, it's like running. It's not like a sport where you touch people. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you're not, like, playing defense on anybody. You're not, like... It's not the same as, like, I'm not shitting on any sports, but it's not the same as playing basketball five on five. You know, like, you're touching some fucking people. When you're skateboarding, like, you're trying your best not to touch people. <laughs> you're doing your yeah. best to, like, not collide with them at any point in time. And you usually don't. So, I don't know. Yeah, that shit was a little fucked up. The whole thing yeah. in California is a little fucked up. Are you guys open back up again though now? Uh, Newsom said he's going to. I don't know if it has been official yet, but uh, yes, <laughs> we'll see. I, I feel yeah. like it's a political thing. Wait till Trump's out of office, we'll reopen so the economy booms and we can say it's under our belt, not his. Yeah, I mean, I can imagine that's a thing. I don't, uh, I don't, <laughs> I, don't I, I don't put anything past any of these motherfuckers at this point. It's I know. definitely very, like... Like, I don't know what to believe anymore, but, you know, hopefully things are getting to a better place. I, uh, I don't love Biden, but <laughs> I, uh, he's better. Yeah. <laughs> he's better. It's, it's a good change, you know? Did you hear about that Russian guy, Navalov? I think that's how you pronounce no. his name. Do you remember no. a few months ago when Putin uh, tried to kill this guy in Germany? Yes and how he yes. recovered. Yeah, so he recovered and he went back to Russia. Now he's sitting in jail, but he revealed this whole two hour YouTube video because he knew he was going to go back in prison. So he shot it I while he was in this. Germany. Yeah, 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 it's really long, but it has a lot of information in there. I'm um, into that. So he revealed all this shit about Putin still sitting in jail. And then he encouraged people of Russia to go out into the streets. So they've been out in the streets for the past week protesting. I've seen some really good footage. I've seen some really good footage. The snowball fight was great. I was into that. Oh, really? <laughs> Damn, that was funny. I was really surprised those Russian cops took that shit. I didn't. I don't know what you're talking about. I didn't see that. Oh, God. There's like a point in one of the protests where all the protesters start throwing snowballs at cops. And it's like <laughs> they're pelting them. It's not like a couple snowballs. It's like everybody's like winging these things at these dudes and they sat there and took it i i i didn't think for a second that those i figured that they'd be like the most violent police on the planet and they just sat there and took it hmm. yeah that was interesting yeah it's, it's good footage it's nice <laughs> i did I like read a, about three three thousand and five hundred people got arrested i would hate to be in a russian prison Oh my, oh my God. God. Can I can't even imagine what that's like. Russian that's kinda... or North Korean or Saudi. Dude, scary. Nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> I'm not trying to go to an American prison. Like, let alone that shit. Like, I'm doing, I did my best and I stayed out of that thing. So I'm feeling good right now. What do you think it's like? 
What, cold. actual prison? No, Russian prison. Oh, yes, yeah, cold. But I would just imagine, like, the shit you got to do to get through that and to, like, like, like the, just to endure. I don't even know yeah. what that would entail. That's, like, and they're fucking lunatics. Man. Yeah. <laughs> like, all the Russian tattoo stories are so crazy. And, yeah, I don't even, I'd want nothing to do with that shit. I would. I would be, I would be hard pressed to make it through that. I consider myself relatively like I'm okay, but like over <laughs> there, oh man. What's the worst thing you've ever done as a kid or growing up in your teens or your twenties? I didn't do any bad shit really. I was like pretty. I was straight edge until I was like in college, and then I was in high school five years. That occurred freshman year. I just didn't go to school. I was just like skateboarding and doing my things and then uh, I decided to go back to school and then whatever and then in college like I was a little crazy like we blew up a car one night and um we crashed the car into a fence and we couldn't get the car started and it was kind of a piece of shit so we were like we should light it on fire and see what happens so we went to the gas station and filled up liquor bottles full of gasoline don't know how the fuck we worked that out but college was in Florida so you can imagine that's plausible and then we just poured gas all over the car and then lit it on fire and and it's like we ran away and then it like it exploded and we we're like watching it from outside of my friend's window because we were almost back to the apartment. Maybe that's bad. That's that Goonies yeah. style bad. Yeah, like I, it's my friend's car. He didn't like try to get the insurance money. It was like crashed into a fence in like, there was no houses around, but there, I mean, they were like two blocks away, but it was like a junkyard that we crashed into. <laughs> we probably shouldn't have been on the acid, but college, you know, <laughs> in college, I did a lot of that. But uh, I mean, outside of that, like some weed charges in college. Okay, so you're yeah, clean. Like, that, like, <laughs> yeah, like some fights, like in college, like you know, crazy, like twenty-year-old kid shit. Other than that, like I'm sadly like. I got a real clean driving record. <laughs> like I'm, I'm not uh, I'm not as cool as I wish I was, but who knows? How about you? I've never done anything terrible. I've done stupid shit, but nothing oh, I've done bad. That, yeah, yeah. yeah, like I've fallen. People have definitely taken advantage of me and my trust, so I've fallen into their trap. Me too. Uh, I lost a lot of money on that shit. Me too. A lot of money. So much money. <laughs> oh my God. Someone scammed me into a, uh, what do you call that? A pyramid scheme when I was in my 20s. And they... Holy shit. I know, dude. I lost five to $10,000. One of my best friends at the time brought me in and yeah, she... Yeah, those never feel good. She set it up as a woman's group. And so oh. I was like, oh, this is interesting. Yeah. <laughs> and it's my best friend. Her mom is in it too. So I'm like, oh, but I can trust her. These people get caught up in this shit. These people get caught up in this shit because they don't have any, they can't really do much else. And it's like, yeah. be your own, be your own boss. Exactly. Boss, boss, fucking, boss, what is it, boss babe? All that MLM <laughs> shit. I'm so into MLM shit. What is MLM? Multi-level marketing. It's basically <laughs> like, the new, it's, the, it's the new pyramid scheme. It's the new like Lululemon and like um, all these like 
fucking oil brands and shit where it's like it's a pyramid scam, but they call them MLMs now. They're multi-level marketing situations. And these people are just getting fucked. Oh, my God. There's an ill documentary on LuLaRoe on YouTube, and it just shows these people, like, fucking disintegrating as the company just stops giving a fuck about any of them. It's yeah, so I'm into all that shit. So yeah. Wait, know. wait, wait. Is that a brand? Is that an essential oil brand? Yeah, it was like um, it was like this. It was like they made tights. It was in the beginning of the whole like yoga pant tight craze. Got it. Um, or not the beginning, like the beginning for like Mass America, and they created this like direct to consumer, really low quality, really shitty patterns and whatever. And then you you would, as a LuLaRoe boss babe or some shit, they had like a thing for it, you would buy the product from them and then you would independently sell it. And you would try to get people to come under your wing so that you would purchase for all of the people. They would sell it. You'd get a percentage of everybody's shit. And like in the beginning, everyone was making money. And then slowly, like the quality got so bad that like people were getting pants and like the butt was already torn. At one point, they ran out of warehouse space for the product and started just keeping the shit outside. So people were getting boxes that were like moldy and like they wouldn't take the shit back. And even though in the original contract, it was like, we'll take back whatever you don't sell. And then like there was, they were getting no answers from these people. And if you quit, they start fucking like they learn some Scientology shit. They start going after you online and social media. Oh. It's like some wild shit. Yeah, so I'm into that stuff as well. <laughs> what fans are doing that that you know of? Um, there's like, God, there's like a whole list of them. I could look them up, but yeah, I've never like heard of, of this before. Yeah, there's like a bunch of like oil brands. Um, MLM. Oh, I think I know the oil brand you're talking about, actually. Is it the one connected to Cafe Gratitude? I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Doterra. So, exactly, exactly. Yeah, oh. that's another one. Doterra's another one. Yeah, there's like a, I don't know. I mean, even Avon is and Fairy mm. Tale and shit. Mm -hmm. Tupperware and all that shit. Mm -hmm. But then there's like, yeah, there's like a whole bunch of that. I don't know. It's silly. Dang. It's some funny shit. <laughs> what do you think about, have you heard of Army Hammer and his cannibalism uh, quirks and sexual preferences about breaking girls' bones and eating it for barbecue? <laughs> he cut an A into her. Yeah, he did that too. Full Nexium style. So. How do you do that? <laughs> That is oh my god! Ooh. Like imagine being so jaded that that's the shit you need to like get off. Like yeah, like imagine getting to a point in your life where it's like I gotta cut somebody and maybe like eat their the meat off their bone. So like, sick. <laughs> like what happened to you when you were a kid? Like don't you get tired, dude? Like <laughs> I feel like just doesn't it sound like a lot? Jesus and Christ! I yeah I, I don't. I guess this video came out of him saying Miss uh, Cayman Island to one of the girls that he was with, but she wasn't Cayman Island. And so the real Miss Cayman Island got offended. And so he had to put out this whole apology video to Miss Cayman Island. 
<laughs> I mean, he's done. He's done. Like that. Yeah. You, you don't. You don't come back from that shit. No. Like you don't. Like you shouldn't. Like I mean, I don't. If there's someone who's into that and that's what you're into, God bless you. Go have fun. But like, maybe just go try to find the person that's into that, dude. <laughs> you know, this wouldn't be an issue. Right. It, I can't imagine like a normal human would feel comfortable with any of that shit. Right. Like, I don't know how you, <laughs> how do you bring that up? Like, how do you even start that conversation? So, <laughs> about this. <laughs> Got a few little weird quirks. There was. He probably started with, can I suck your toes? And moved his way up from there. You've got to, you've got to groom. I, yeah, I guess. But like, again, like, I had a conversation <laughs> with a friend of mine the other day. I was like, who puts a foot in their mouth? Like, <laughs> why is that even your shit? Like, I don't, Jesus. I mean, like, like cute feet are cool. Awesome, but like, don't want it in your mouth. No, I'm good. I'm like, I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> fucking COVID. <laughs> fucking feet. Ugh. I was with I a know. guy once who was totally into feet, and he would I take them. <laughs> well, did you ask him why and how and what? No, no. He just like tells me things, and I'm like, all right, that's that's fucking that's cool, sure. <laughs> Happy for you. I mean, sure. There's got to be someone who's like into that shit, I guess, right? I don't know. Who knows? I don't fucking know. I tried to get into it because he started rubbing them all over his face and his body, both of them at the same time, if you can imagine. The first time I was like, all right, this is weird, but I'll give it a try. It's so strange, though. It's like the feet, you know? Like, it's not so weird. But he needed them. Without the foot, he couldn't have sex. That's it's weird. It's so weird how all these, there's a lot of companies right now that are playing into the foot fetish thing. Oh, really? For marketing. Like, there's like this foot massage thing that's always being advertised on Instagram. And it's just ladies' feet just getting fucking <laughs> massaged with this thing. And like, you know for sure, there's dudes watching that, like, yo, yeah, this is it right here. Like, and it's just a foot massage promo commercial but you can see through that shit you know instagram only gives you what you want to see <laughs> so as soon as you watch one video you're gonna get 10 of them <laughs> man. man it's funny <laughs> damn i'm caught <laughs> so jesse i want to get into your background sure your early days of new york sure Skate, um, culture, clothing, all of it. All right. Where do we start? Where do we start? Wherever you want to start, I, I guess. Um, all right. So I'm old. You got to bear with some of these dates. <laughs> but uh started skateboarding in 1986. I was and, born uh, in 1986. Ta-da. <laughs> <laughs> I was not. <laughs> I was not. I was born in the 70s. So, um, so you were 16 when you started skateboarding? No, no, no. I was born in uh, 1976, so I was 10 when I got my okay. first skateboard. It was my 10th birthday. I got the birthday complete. 
uh, Vision Mark Gonzalez or Venture Trucks and Ratbone Wheels. So hype. But that changed the course and the trajectory of my life, like 100%. Um, as soon as I got into that, that was like all consuming. It was like something that I did every day. It was all I wanted to do. And with that came like music and fashion and art and photography. And like, you don't know this as you're fucking, as you're going, <laughs> I'm gonna wash my mouth. Um, as you're going along- You don't the have way, to, it's already explicit, perfect. it's fine. Perfect, nice. So, you know, like as you're going along this journey, you're being exposed to all these things and you don't really realize like how special they are until you get like older and you reflect and you're like, I was listening to what at 11 years old? You know, cause I'm still like, technically I'm in elementary school, you know, and like kids are listening to Bon Jovi and that's cool if you like Bon Jovi, but you know, like we're listening to like, like all like DC hardcore and we're listening to like punk shit and we're listening to other things that we wouldn't have been exposed to if it wouldn't have been for like, the cool thing about skateboarding is because it's, it was so small and so niche at the time, like it wasn't weird for like a 12 year old to be skating with a 16 year old. We would just be at the same spot and dude pulls out the radio or guys got the, like some dude's got a car and like the music's playing with the door open at the spot. And you just get exposed to things. And then at some point you get good enough to like get into the car with the older dudes. And then like it's music and it's like, what's this? What's this one? And they're kind of showing you, you know, like what's good, what's not. And that kind of helps propel at least like how you dressed at the time. Cause you know, like there were things that I did and they were like, no, 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 no. you're not getting in the car with that hat on. And I'd be like, oh, sorry, true. So no, never wear this hat again. Gotcha, gotcha. But, you know, like it, it sounds mean now. It sounds like kind of gatekeepery. But at the time, like it was all love, you know, like they were just, they saw something in me and they wanted me to go with them. But at the same time, can't wear that hat, kid. So. What were you wearing? What kind of hat was it? Oh, man, it was like this reversible, like. Gua remember those like Guatemalan backpacks that people used to have that were like oh yeah it was like a hat made out of that shit and it was reversible and fit really weird and it probably just wasn't good <laughs> I don't really know now that I think about it I'd probably like to wear it now maybe I was on the cusp of something I don't know it was on the forefront I wasn't somebody made the hat and I bought it so obviously somebody was whatever <laughs> Um, so, I mean, that was kind of like the beginning of the, my interest in clothing and skateboard culture and music and these were all in sneaker culture, you know, because at the time you were kind of extra cognizant about like the footwear you wore specifically for like utilitarian purposes, function, you know, like there weren't really a lot of skate shoes out quite then. So you were like looking for like really cool, like leather converse, like weapons or, you know, something like a Jordan one was a really popular skate shoe kind of before, I mean, Vans was around, but it was like more of like a basketball style shoe that would protect like your ankle, your Achilles tendon, your something that wasn't so soft and like malleable and shit. But so through that, like I was, you know, I was, I've had, a lot of sneakers in the 90s and that was a time when people didn't really collect footwear you know like 
1992, a normal dude would have three pairs of shoes, maybe. You know, like you have dress shoes, you have like your skate shoes, and you have like school shoes, or like maybe you have four or five. But like I had like 20s, you know, which wasn't isn't crazy by today's standards, but it sort of like got me on this path. And then in college, I started working. Uh, in high school, I worked off and on at like skate shops and skate parks. Um, sometimes just like sweeping so I could skate for free, but I would be there at the shop. And um, in college, I started working for a sneaker store. And through the, one of the guys there, I started learning about international market and footwear that wouldn't be available in other countries and the value of that footwear, mostly wrapped around the Air Max 95. Um, came out in 95. Didn't really sell super well in America, but in Japan, they fucking loved that shoe. But it wasn't available in Japan for like three years later, until like three years later. So he kind of put me onto the idea that there was like a hustle in footwear. So at the time I was living in Florida and there were all those outlets up and down the East Coast. So I called all the outlets and I was like, as soon as your Air Max 95s come in, give me a call, I'll buy them all from you. And um, I won't ask for a discount, like I'll just buy them from you. And I would just get phone calls and I'd be like, okay, cool. They would send me the shoes and I'd open the box, count shit, and then close the box and then send it to the student in California who then send it over there. But I was paying like $50 a shoe and I was getting like $200 a pair. So, you know, for a kid in college who's like kind of doing nothing, it's, it's, it was like a nice little way to make money. And then through that, I started buying footwear from my Nike sales reps and I would start selling those like piece by piece um, in the sneaker store I worked at and also like I would drive to people's houses and like trade sneakers for weed and like dumb shit <laughs> but it gave me the idea that there was like a value to footwear um, so then as soon as I graduated college I moved to New York and I got a, my bachelor's in creative writing which it's like the dumbest thing you could do. I don't know why you do that. But looking back, and I recently started meeting with a therapist, and she and I are like working through some stuff. And she was like, she helped me kind of unravel the fact that like, for the most part, I went to school for creative writing, so I didn't have to study. I didn't really have to do shit. Like all I had to do was make things up. You know, Mambo stopped barking. Um, so um, during that time, I was doing the sneaker thing, but I was also booking for club in the area so Tallahassee had FSU FAMU TCC so it had a huge a huge population of students so we would actually be able to book really good acts and I would be able to like I would be able to bring artists to town that I was really into so between selling shoes and doing that I kind of got all the tools that I needed for what I was going to do later um and the creative writing is very whatever. So when I moved to New York in 2000, I uh, started working for Scholastic, the book publishing company. I was very short lived. And then I started working for DC Shoes. And I did that for like a year and a half and that was really short lived. And then I went to A-Life at that point and worked there for like 10 years, basically help bringing, like helping bring in hard to find shoe styles. So if you don't know, A-Life was like the first sneaker boutique in the world. It was the first place to be like a very hard to find classic 
sort of like layout. It was, you know, cherry wood on the inside of the stores, glass cases for, you know, extra expensive, hard to find shoes. And, um, you know, you had to ring a buzzer to come in. And that store sort of existed as its own little space. And you can see the, you can kind of see the heritage that it has in some of the stores that would come later, like their layout's very similar. Um, they had a similar sort of vibe where they wanted to like put footwear on a pedestal and not treat it with like grid wall shit anymore. And, you know, create this like atmosphere that you're almost like scared to touch shit. Um, so uh, through them, I started doing, you know, just bringing in hard to find shoes shops in, you know, Amsterdam, like working with the guys with Pata and working with like, you know, people in Canada and working with, because each region gets different releases of footwear. Not so much anymore, but before it was like, you know, a lot of the New York City Air Force Ones were only released in Europe. But because Europe and Canada had the same distribution, you could get those same shoes from guys in Canada, but you couldn't get them in America. So it was a matter of like, your friends who were in Amsterdam had these shoes. Air Force Ones at the time weren't really cracking in Europe. Europe was more trainers, like running shoes. And in America, running shoes and trainers weren't really cracking. So we would be trading shoes back and forth and like getting different things into each other's markets. And through that, we then started doing marketing for different brands and getting to design footwear for brands like New Balance and Asics and Puma, Nike, um, Saucony, Reebok, um, a few others. I never got to touch a pair of Vans and I want to so bad. I've never got to like work on a pair of those. Um, so then we started doing like that sort of stuff, like marketing and like, we were kind of one of the first people to start doing co-branded collaborative product. Um, we did these four shoes with Adidas in 2004 um, that were exclusive to the store. They had like, like A-Life branding on the actual footwear, which was like kind of unheard of at the time. Um, we did that project with Levi's, where we're still to this day, it's the only time that the Levi's label has an additional label that actually says the name of the brand. Levi's doesn't even let, doesn't let anybody do that anymore. It was just like snuck it in the very beginning and kind of got it off. Um, but through those dudes and like working under guys like, you know, Rob, Jeff and Arnaud and, um, you know, the, the founders that I came to work for, you know, they kind of put me on a path and kind of gave me this like idea for, you know, using whatever skill set that I have or don't have and figuring out a way to do something with it. Um, so that was kind of like maybe up until about 2015, that was like a culmination of, you know, like 10 years of work with other brands, with other, you know, with, with other media outlets. Um, I still remember when we put the guys from Hypebeast in contact with the people from Nike. Like we were, like the guys from Hypebeast were like hitting us up. Like, you could maybe like give us a contact at Nike. Like, they're like all on payroll at this point. So that's like you know early early days. Um, then in like 2015, I don't know if I'm going too fast. I might be going too fast, but you're not. You're not. 
And then in 2015, I was like, I'm kind of over this. Um, what were you I over? Was, I was over, I was over like the formulaic street where, so around 2015, that was kind of when like high fashion really kind of came into streetwear. Streetwear went into high fashion. It was like blurred lines. I don't mind that. I think it's cool. Um, I get it. But there was just this like watering down of, I hate, when, I hate when I use this word, but there was a watering down of the culture. Like the culture definitely like was just getting rinsed. And I was in a place with an investor that we were working with at A-Life that just wanted the watered down rinse shit. And I was having such a hard time like putting another rapper on a t-shirt or putting like another like doing another project that makes absolutely no fucking sense just because like we want to keep money rolling and um dealing with him really just kind of took me out of I I, I just did not like the guy at all um we had it out a couple times and I was just like like he was excuse me he was just like you know he was like a garmento he was about the numbers and I genuinely like I'm fine with just doing things right and getting things to where they need to be to in a like I, I'm not mad at a slow burn you know like you, you kind of see brands that come and go so fast it's like they had that heavy pop and then it's like how do you live up to that if you don't have like this history and this like foundation you know it, it becomes a point of just like logos over and over again and Again, that's cool if that's what you like, but you know, I, that was another thing that I had a hard time with. I was just like, I kind of need to get out of logo land for a little bit. Like how many fills can we do? Like how many fucking things can we put in the background of a logo? How many diamonds can we throw in a logo? How many fucking fish tanks? How many, like, it, it gets to a point where it's like, this isn't like, you're not, telling anybody anything about yourself you're not there's no like there's no identity it's just like this is cool so let's put this on here this is cool and this was like right around the time that like hood by air was like really starting to get like a lot of traction um you know like i know shane and raul from way back and like they've been doing it forever like if people really knew how long they were working on that brand they'd be so impressed but they had that formula for the long sleeve shirt and everybody was ripping it off and this dude wanted me to rip off that shirt. And I was just like, I can't do that. Like, I know these guys. I know these guys work their asses off to get to a point where they had something. And, like, I can't be a part of that. And between that and all these other things, I was just like, I'm out. So my brother and I opened a motorcycle garage in, like, 2011. And it was, like, a place that I'd go after work and just be able to, like, sometimes do nothing. But just, like breathe in, breathe out, because I was not happy at work, and um, as soon as I left, I was like, you know what, like, I should probably, like, do something with this garage, like, I should probably, like, you know, we had, like, a, a, a mini ramp in the backyard, we had skateboarders coming all times of the day, you know, like, I spend my Sundays over there just chilling with people, because I live right across the street there as well, so it's a thing, I like to live right across the street from whatever I'm doing, um, just so it's an easier ride home, and, you know, if someone's like, yo, I'm at the ranch. It's like, oh, I'll be there in five minutes, you know, let me put on some shoes. Um, so through that, I was like, I could do something with this and I can like do it the way that I would prefer to do it. And I don't have to like 
I don't have to do anything I don't want to do. You know, I don't like, I don't need to make money on it right now. So I don't have to do anything with anybody that I don't want to do. I don't have to like, I don't have to do shit. <laughs> like I can literally just do exactly what I was feeling. And it just sort of evolved into its own like brand. And we've got a store in Setagaya in Japan and um, we're in different retailers over there. And it's just like an amalgamation of like skateboard, music, motorcycle, fashion, you know, like because I was going through this whole like maze of like skateboarding early on through the eighties and nineties, um, there are a lot of things from those time periods that are being referenced right now. And sometimes they get them right, sometimes they get them wrong, but also some people don't really have the history to really fully understand like why that was a thing, why it, why it disappeared. You know, like that really big, crazy Jinko gene that everybody remembers. That was originally Blind Jeans made those, Blind, the skateboard company. And they lived for like a year and a half maybe in skateboarding, maybe two years past. And then it was just like, oh shit, that's goofy boy shit. Like we're done, like we're not wearing that shit anymore. And then that whole part of like rave culture came from like something that skateboarders started and then stopped really fast. Like you watch the first Plan B video, skateboard video, it's like 91. Everybody's wearing goofy boy pants. The next video comes out the next year, nobody has a pair on. Like it was just like in and out. Um, so just knowing dumb shit from all to the course of this thing, um, it, it helps me kind of like forecast and like ideate and like come up with things that I think were cool and should come back and like not touch things that weren't cool and don't need to come back, you know, because that happens all the time. And you're just like, what, why did you need to bring this back? You didn't need to. Nobody wants this. <laughs> like it didn't work. Like, ugh. Um, so it's just like, I think somehow I've just like figured out a way to just, kind of present the things that I really like and hopefully people like it, you know? It's kind of where I'm at now. <laughs> oh, now we have a skate shop too across the street. And that was 2011? 11 is when I opened the garage. So the garage was like a standalone until like 2016. And that, well, I made shirts during that time, but it was like garage shirts, you know, like, Thumper's motorcycle garage, like Thumper's fabrication. Cause we would, we wouldn't fix your bike, but we would make like, we would fabricate. So we would, you know, we'd make tanks for people. We'd make handlebars for people, um, new seat pans for people, um, help them figure out a cooler way to like have their battery on their bike, you know, just shit like that. Not fixing anybody's shit. Cause you don't want to fix anybody's anything. Cause you're always the problem. As soon as their bike breaks down again, they're like, you didn't fix it. It's like, no, dude, you chose to ride a 1972 Triumph Tiger. Like, that shit's going to break down over and over and over again. Like, it's not me, dude. You want to be this guy on this vintage bike. Like, own it. This is you. This is your life. This is it. Um, so we just did fabrication. And I would do, like, little T-shirt releases um, through there. And we would sell them at Chari and Co in uh, the Lower East Side, and then I'd sell them online. Or if you wanted to buy one, you could come to the garage. Um, but during that time, this kid Chris Bu Buhidar moved from Texas to New York, and 
through a friend of mine that I grew up skateboarding with in Florida. He ended up at the on the couch in our garage. Um, with me living across the street, he would sleep at the garage at night. He'd come take a shower and then go back to the garage and stay there. And he slept there for months. And he's the dude that I do thumpers with moving forward. Um, my brother at some point needed to go back to college. He wanted to get his engineering degree. And Chris kind of stepped in and now Chris and I do thumpers. So it started off with me and my brother, motorcycle garage, shop shirts. And then Chris and I were like, let's do something like fun with this. Let's like have a brand that's like somewhat in the motorcycle world, but has nothing to do with like tough guy shit. Like, no, like, like try not to put skulls on things and try not to like do rockers because that's a lot of disrespectful and try not to do like sons of anarchy shit. Like, unfortunately, motorcycle culture is so not cool in so many realms. You know, where it's just like kind of trashy and it's like, but not in a good way. Like trashy can be amazing, but you got to do trashy right, you know? Um, so that was just kind of the idea. So like a lot of our work where we'll do like, you know, like the half zip work shirt, but like pink or like, like pastel colors or weird patterns that no tough guy would ever wear. But it's like work wear for someone like me who doesn't need to fucking project that he's a tough guy <laughs> you know um so that's kind of where we're at now and we just pull a lot of inspiration from like music and you know when i pull references from skateboarding it's not from like it's more from like aesthetics of it you know it's more from like there was this pant brand in the 80s called limpies and they were like these amazing like drawstring elastic waist patterned pants that like came and went but those things would be cool right now so we're doing like a project with dickies over in japan and we're going to do a pant sort of based on that where it's going to be a work pant but it's going to be fully patterned out with paisley and like something in that realm but not direct so you know we'll pull references from the things but try not to like be too obvious about shit or try not to like you know, if we reference a song, we won't use the any imagery from that song. You know, we'll create our own imagery and like tuck it in there and transform it a little bit, you know, like the idea of like ripping off people's logos like wholeheartedly, unless like you got something that's funny. Um it's kind of not the the play, you know. Like we're doing a Nalgene bottle. For the, for the skate shop across the street. And this is gonna be a straight logo bite. It's just gonna have a four loco lo logo on the side. But that to me is funny. Like it's stupid. It's a fucking water bottle with a four loco logo. Like dumb. Okay, cool. That makes sense. But like ripping off a logo of like an artist that an artist created wholesale and like cool. It's just not for, not for me. Like how many more Joy Division Unknown Pleasure shirts do we need to see? How many more? Like Disney did one. Disney did one. Oh wow! Disney did that. one. We don't. We don't. We're, it's, it's it's good. It's good. We're good. We can move. We can move past that one now. Did you know there's also other albums? <laughs> did, did you know that they're a band? <laughs> did you know that there's other bands that also make cool things? <laughs> oh my god imagine you get in a guy's car and he's only got a joy division 
CD or nobody has CDs anywhere. I'm showing my age. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> he's got a Joy Division Spotify and that's all he's got. Yeah, I don't know. I just, I like the idea of like, it's like skate shop mentality where you're kind of a hub for culture in some sort of way. Just because like the nature of the clientele, there, there's going to be younger kids coming in the skate shop and hopefully on some level you can kind of help them evolve, whether it's like playing cool music in the store, whether it's like they'll be looking at two different boards and you tell them the story of one of the brands because you'd rather them buy the better one. But you don't want to say like, you just tell them a story and you get them interested and you like create these like, not create, you like help point them in some directions that they might not have at that age. And I like to think that when you design that there's a level of that kind of baked in where maybe somebody doesn't know about this band, but like maybe they'll listen to something from them based on a design, or maybe they'll like check them out, or maybe they'll like go to one of their shows. I don't know, you know, like try to open it up a little bit, you know, and I'm not saying some like esoteric shit. I'm just old. Like I'm going to know some songs that you probably don't know. And it's, you're going to know some songs that I don't know. And let's have a conversation. Like, I really like this song. Maybe you've heard of it. Maybe you haven't. Check it out. Like, you know, it's, I, I like that sort of, uh, that sort of, of uh, I, I don't know. I like to design within the ideas of, or work with designers also, but like work with the idea of taking the, the theme of something or taking the feeling of something, creating something different, but shining a light on whatever it's, whatever the beginning point was, you know? So that's kind of where we're at, you know? <laughs> that's wild about Chris how a random yeah. situation could lead up to the next 10 years of your life. And I, I don't, I'm not bullshitting. There are not many designers in this world that are better than him. Like I'm not, I'm not like saying it cause he's like aligned with me. Cause it's, he's also doing so much work for so many other people, album covers and, you know, working with all the way to like Jay Balvin and like, um, you know, doing stuff for like the Onyx Collective, that jazz band here in New York, that for some, you know, just because they're so amazing, like their shit sold at Supreme, like, you know, all these different people, different artists, um, did shit for Drake, you know, <laughs> he's, he's, you know, he's out there, but kid's so good. He's so good at what he does. Um, and he's, he's a really big part of like why we're successful. You know, I can come up with, things and then he'll come up with things we'll bounce things off each other um he doesn't sleep so sometimes you go to sleep and wake up to things being done <laughs> like literally go to your room we'll come back out he's still in the living room it's nine ten in the morning you're like you didn't sleep did you he's like no <laughs> but look at this <laughs> you're like wow <laughs> what did you do what did you do um yeah so it's it's a good balance with you and I, you know, like I really enjoy what we do. Um, I'm not in a rush with it. You know, like I don't need to like, I don't need it to be anything it doesn't need to be. You know, I, I kind of want something that I'm like happy with and proud of. And that's kind of like enough. 
you know, like that to me is fine. Like I'm going to figure out other ways to make money, you know, like I'll make a little bit from this, but I'll figure out where to make a little, you know, I'll, I don't we'll get there. <laughs> and how did we'll Japan come about? So I've been, so beginning with like the sneakers in the nineties, I started to meet people over there. And then with a life, we opened a store in Japan in 2004. Um, so we'd be back and forth. And I just met a dude out there and we started talking and we both were kind of on the same page, like creatively. And we both ride, we both rode motorcycles and we went for a bunch of like bike rides while I was out there. We just had like a great time. And um, we were, and I already had the garage and he was like, you know, my dream one day would be to like work with somebody in New York and do something like New York, you know, she's like, like Japan, New York, like Tokyo, New York sort of shit. And um, I was like, I'm your guy, let's do this. And uh, we just started working together. So I have a partner over there and then I have Chris over here and got a sales guy. And other than that, we run lean, you know, like we took some hits during the summer because we were booking in like the worst time to be booking, you know, like June of 2020. Um, but because we run lean, like, okay, you know, we'll, we'll figure it out. Nobody has to get fired. There's only three of us. <laughs> right. So it's chill. Um, but yeah, it's, 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 I prefer the marketplace over there just because cultures sort of looked at differently. Um, In what sense? There's just, the way, the, like the weight of the story over there is, it just seems, it just seems like there's far more interest. History, culture, oh, like, oh, oh, oh. like just, like I, I, at some point, I don't know what happened over, I mean, I can complain about, I whatever. Um, I guess like in the American marketplace right now, everybody's so driven by like, what like this influence is wearing or what this rapper's wearing or what, you know, this is, it, it, who's aligned to this and who's aligned with that. And I don't particularly think that influence or that rapper even dresses very well. Like that's just a shirt. Like that's wild to me, but you know, you go, I think it's just in other countries where like the direct access wasn't there, the idea of learning the history and like really delving into the history and the culture is seemingly more important. You know, like even motorcycle culture in like, like we work with some brands in Europe and in the UK and there's a lot of folks over there who are so into like history and like, you know, the history of this particular band or this particular like motorcycle or these particular just random things that you like to put into your stuff there's just more interest in like the backstory in other countries. Right, um, yeah. Not even like primarily Japan, but just like other countries where like, they don't take the history, and I don't want to say take it for granted because you can take history for granted all day, I don't care. But if it's something that I want to like, if it's something I want to shine a light on, I would like for it to be more of like a conversation rather than, oh, that guy wore it, I should get it, you know? And I feel like that's kind of where we're at here 
in um, America, for sure, 100%. I think that has to do a lot with social media and this country being such a capitalistic country and being oh, yeah. so young. And the, the culture here doesn't teach people the beauty of eccentricity or being an individual or no. thinking for yourself or having your own unique tastes and diversity. Whereas other and countries was, do. And when I, when I was growing up, that was like what you prided yourself on. Like, mm -hmm. you know, early 90s, late 90s, early 2000s even, you know, like you'd show up with a pair of shoes that nobody fuck, like nobody knew about, nobody cared about, but you were like, yo, these are hot. I only, I only paid $40 for them. I got them in Philly. Like, these are some weird like ACGs. Like you wanted to have something that somebody else didn't have. And now it's like, oh, you have that shoe. I want that shoe. You have those jeans. I want those jeans. Um, you know, like even, that's what I even said about skateboarding or like graffiti culture back in the day and even early sneaker culture was there would be 20 people in a room and nobody looked the same. A couple of people would look the same, but for the, the vast majority, you'd have like your weird metal dude or like your like polo guy and then like a couple skate guys and then like um, weird eccentric book smart like you'd have this, these weird characters all together and it had nothing to do with like what we wore it had nothing to do with like what we listened to we loved skateboarding we loved writing on shit we loved you know we had something else there that like brought us together and what was cool about that is you know when this guy wants to go do his thing it's going to be very different than when this guy wants to go do his thing and then when this guy does his thing it's going to be different than what these two guys did just because like everyone was their own character they all loved the same thing at the, at, at the, at the core at the root um but all had a very different way of projecting whatever that was and it had a very like early streetwear was very all over the place it was it was really interesting because so many people were so different and you get like an idea for who that person was you know you look at old sir shit um russ and his like it's he he's him and he's as good as that gets in that realm and you look at you know old futura stuff it's totally different than his stuff but they're like contemporaries and they love the same thing but they express themselves completely different but you knew as soon as you saw a Futura piece, you were like, that's, that's Lenny, like, that's him. And when you saw Russ, you were like, that's right. Like, everyone was different. Everyone wasn't so, I don't know. Like, right now, we're, we're social media is weird. <laughs> it's really yeah. weird. I saw a girl the other day that looked like a cutout from a social media post, like an ad on social media. It's like she saw this and said, I'm going to do my makeup like this. I'm going to wear this. I'm going to do this kind of jewelry. I'll wear my hair like that. It's like, oh, baby girl. <laughs> yeah, it's like, you're better than that. <laughs> <laughs> you deserve better than that. Come on. I don't know. But that's yeah, what so the I mean, youth is being exposed to. That's all they know. It's so sad. Yeah, it's and it's, it'd be one thing, and I'm not trying to be like, old grumpy guy it'd be one thing if like a good percentage of what i thought these in like these whoever these people are they were like at least cool to begin with right and i'm not trying to be like that gatekeeper fuck is like be you do you i don't care but like it'd be cool if some of them were like you're like ooh, i like that like, that's a nice look on you like it'd be cool if like 
One of them was like Andre 3000. And it was like, Ooh, I see what you did there. That is nice. Yeah. <laughs> I would never have thought of that. You know, like I wish like the individual and, and, and again, like I'm jumping the gun. There's all, there are people who are like that in the world. There are a hundred percent. But it's just going to be cool if there are more of them. <laughs> Yeah. they all were i don't know you know but you know what every cool person i know is not on social media like that because they That's have a life too. they have interests yeah. they're doing other things with their passions and time yeah. Yeah. <laughs> i mean if i didn't have thumpers i probably wouldn't have because i don't have facebook i never have i don't like i probably wouldn't have instagram if i didn't I have feel brain. you same i don't i, I get anxiety like I have to pull in and out. I have to give myself time off. I have to give myself yeah. full days where Healthy. I don't check shit at all. Uh -huh. Or like, I took a month off. Like during the protests, I was going out every night. I was doing like bike rides. I was doing like marches. For that entire month, I didn't check anybody's shit. I didn't post anything. Um, it was a weird time where I was like, it seems like people are being opportunists right now. It seems For like sure. people are like, you know, like you love a lot of the core values of what like people were talking about, but like sometimes you can see through it and you're like, I see what you're doing and like, I don't see that you're donating any money and like, yeah, cool. It's a cool statement on the shirt, but like, you should probably give that money away to something right now if you're gonna, I don't know. If you're gonna promote something while all this shit's going on, you better give that money away. Like, I just, I just felt weird and you know, like I, Got, there was, I had a few posts where we were working with people who were doing some charity stuff with us, but other than that, like, it just seemed like a weird time for life to be moving on. You know, like, I kind of felt like everybody should just, like, stop for a second and, like, not talk about, like, this new hat that's coming out, you know, like, fucking hat. <laughs> I don't know. So I have these times where, like, I have to, like, completely pull away. Um, and it's probably not good. Like I'll lose followers and I don't know if I should do it, but That's I get okay. like anxiety and I start like feeling a certain way about people. Oh, do you Sometimes. start to lose respect for them? Cause that's what happens to me. <laughs> yeah. And even just like humanity as a whole, mm -hmm. you're just like, you're like, yo, you, you just found out what happened like an hour ago. And like, you're posting like something like. Are you crazy? Are you wild right now? I don't mean to say crazy. I'm sorry. Are you wild? <laughs> like, ugh, so gross. So yeah, there was like a moment where I had to like step away. And I'm not saying, again, there was a lot of people doing a lot of awesome charity shit. A lot of people. And all those people like, mwah. But Shout out to you. Yeah, but there was like, I was seeing a mix. And yeah. the charity stuff, awesome, do your thing. But then there was other people who were just like, releasing the next season and i get it you spent money and you gotta like promote it but like there were times where like i get it like cool and then there were other times where it's like yo something just happened like 30 minutes ago and like you just posted like a fucking pair of socks like i could have waited i could could have waited a few days maybe even i don't know so i just had to like pull back yeah so, social media but yeah i don't know i feel like people in other countries just are into like for instance, right, you go to like Sweden, Iceland, the UK, like their love for hip hop is like, like, like backpacky, independent 90s hip hop, like 
Like there are rappers that are still getting paid from the nineties because they can go to Iceland and do a show and sell out a huge place, go to Sweden, go to Japan, go to like, you know, there's just different levels of appreciation, you know, cause they didn't have some of these things while those things were happening, you know, like, Maybe Lord Finesse wasn't showing up to the spot in Copenhagen in 92, but he's there this week. Uh-huh. And he's not too gray. He's a little gray, but I am too, so it's fine. Yeah, I don't know. So that's kind of why I landed there. Um, I was already kind of comfortable with the culture over there. I was already kind of comfortable with people. I had friends. Um, so that was kind of it. You know, we're going to move outside of Japan really soon. Um, Korea? We just, yeah. yeah. Oh, I knew it. <laughs> yeah. That's a spot. Yeah. No, yeah, for sure. Um, and then, so right now, if you want to buy thumpers, you can get it at 10 at the skate shop across the our, our skate shop. Um, but uh, that's it, other than Japan. And if you go to our website, I won't ship outside of Japan. So you have to support the retailers that mm. sell the stuff. So if you hit me up and you're like, I can't buy this shirt. I live in a, like I live in California. Um, I'm just, I'll hit them back with the retailers that carry that shirt and just be like, just reach out to them. They got you. Um, but I'm going to start moving. I just kind of wanted to get everything good. You yeah. know, like we make our own shirt. And our shirt body, like the body we're at right now, I'm so happy with. It's like dry, it's heavyweight. It like, when you touch it, it's like, it's something, you know? Mm -hmm. So I wanted to get that in place. I wanted to get the fleece in place. I wanted to get everything in place, factories in place before we decided to like, you know, because one thing I learned working with A-Life was through the different, we would we would, at, you know, you know that old phrase, any port in a storm, you know, like if you're on, if you're in the sea, just if you're on a boat, out in the water, it's getting choppy. It's like any port in a storm. We'll, if there's like, we're, go so we would just line up with investors, burn through them, go to the next one, burn through them, go to the next one. Um, every time the quality would change, things would change. There was no consistency. And you know, I did wholesale for A-Life for a while and, you know, I'd have retail accounts reach out to me and be like, yo, this shirt's totally different than the shirt from last season. Like, we don't like this shirt. This is not what we thought we were ordering. Or like, this fleece doesn't feel the same. Like, things were not consistent. And I wanted to get all those things in place so we could just be consistent. You know, if somebody likes our shirt, like, okay, cool, there's a new one out. I like that design. I already know I like the body. Let me get it. Same with the fleece. Same with the blah, 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 the work shirts, the half zips, you know? Um, trying to really like own those in the next like couple of years. I really want to yeah. like own the, the half zip work shirt. <laughs> um, so that's kind of where we're at now. Like we're getting to the point where we're like comfortable with shit. We're getting through this COVID thing, hopefully. Um, and, uh, you know, just hopefully spreading out a little bit, but definitely yes, Korea for sure. Um, Can we go on an Asia inspo trip? 
go. Let's get it. Because I got my Korean people, but I don't have any Japan people. I, I have zero Korean people, but I have lots hey, of Japan yes. people. <laughs> I got that all lined up. No, they're the best. Like, you go out there and, like, restaurant, like, they, they, you know, like, you know how it is. You just need people to, like, point you in the right direction. Like, like I want this. Where's the spot? Cool. Let's go. Um, even, like, down to, like, when you just want a hamburger. I'm not vegetarian. Sorry. Um, but... You know, they like know we're like like oh no no no, no. I got a spot for you like I know what you want like you got uh-huh. you. um so it's good you know like I love those guys we got bikes over there so we go riding it's fun it's fun it's such a beautiful city too like it's like it's like New York but clean mm. very strange <laughs> just clean <laughs> just beautiful you know um, so yeah just getting through this shit hopefully like sales pick up back in japan with you know the uncertainty of like where we're at um with everything kind of going down right now what are your uh, thoughts with covid i'm scared of this shit i'm scared of this i'm i i you know like i have a lot of friends that are still working like we're still working at the shop a lot of people have to work. A lot of people have to get through this. A lot of people need to keep their careers going. The intermingling is tough. Um, I'm not, like, doing a lot of shit that people are doing because I'm just, like, I'm in contact with people and I can't, like, I would hate to, like, be the dude who gave somebody something. Um, so I don't know. You know, like, luckily for me, the store is right across the street. I, uh, between you know like my apartment and the store like I'm masked I, I I'm, I'm doing my best to keep I mean but also in New York like we have to like take people's temperature every day we have like a log um uh we, that work there yeah 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 we have we have like a whole process that we have to like take care of we have like a maximum capacity in the store um if you don't have a mask we have one for you we got sanitizing state like you know, like it's, it's, it's wild. We're in a really weird place, you know, like none of us have experienced anything like this before. Like we all, like the world shut down for a minute, you know, like unemployment is through the roof. Um, it's affecting us in so many ways. Like it's affecting the, like just general practices of businesses, you know, like, like movie theaters are never going to be the same. Like sporting events probably won't be the same. I don't know. You know, like who knows? But when do you think we'll all be able to congregate out in public again? Like go to a show or go to a game? Oh my God, I want to go to a show so bad. I know. Uh, I was going to so many shows before this. Like I was like back on my shit, going to concerts, going to shows, and just like having so much fun. <laughs> and then I don't know. I mean, there's like another strain now, right? Yeah. Is it gonna be a third? There's gonna be a, like, at what point is it just like shit is changed? Like at what point is it just like shit changed? You know? I don't know. Like I imagine the undertaking of like like managing a Macy's right now. 
that sounds like a nightmare. Like the Macy's at Herald Square. Like imagine how many employees are in and out of that place, and like how like the I'm at, uh, I, I, in my mind, I'm just imagining like like big box in that realm is gonna just be gone. Um, cool, you know, a lot more independent stores. But again, like we're in a place right now where like people can delve into their interests more than they've ever been able to, and I feel like niche stores could exist more than they ever could. You know, like let's just say like. You know, you were like, it's 1986 and you're really into role playing and you live in like Kansas City. All you had was the people that were around you, you know? Now it's like, I'm into role playing games. I meant just, this is games I'm talking about. <laughs> you know, like dice games. <clears throat> um, but people can connect and people have the ability to build communities without being in close proximity. So actual cultures, interests, um, all these things can live in such a bigger way than they ever could. And I feel like independent retailers could serve, you know, these niche sort of like interests. And it'd be cool to see the world pull back from big box and just like, be like this world, like, yo, you like fairy wings? Yo, we got a store of fairy wings right down the block. You got all the fairy wings. You can throw it, you can shake a stick at it. Like, it's all there. Um, you're into, like, roller skating? Like, dude, we got this little roller skating store over here. Oh, you don't like that style? You like this style? Like, we got that guy. Like, I think we're getting to a place, at least that might be, I'm trying to be at least optimistic. I feel like we're getting to a place where at least, like, the mom and pop could live a little easier. You know? Of hope. Unfortunately, Amazon exists and that kind of like puts a little damper on things, but I'm just hoping like, you know, the idea of small scale retail where, you know, there's three people in a store, there's four people in store tops and like, you know, you're talking about interest and you're building this little rapport and you're building this culture and there's a give and take monetarily and whatever. And I don't know, I feel like that could be a little bit more prevalent moving forward i'd like for it to be um but yeah i can't imagine managing a macy's right now or even like an urban outfitter that seems like that'd be so scary what's that one in uh lincoln center the one that's five stories high when you look at it it's all windows and a it's from texas oh yeah, yeah, yeah lord and taylor no is that it wait what uh, Berg, Berg, Bergdorf? Bergdorf Goodman, yeah. Yeah, they closed down this year. I mean, there was already a steady decline in big box anyways. You know, like, that's like old, like, I've, another thing I'm really into is abandoned malls and, like, the whole, like, ooh, ooh. <laughs> I'll edit that out. <laughs> no, no, you don't have to. You don't have to. That's, that's fine. That was very watery. Um, you know, like, you know, uh, Trying to stay hydrated, you know what I mean? <laughs> what kind of tea is that? You gotta stay limber. What's that? What kind of tea is that? No, I'm just drinking seltzer water. Oh, oh, oh. Out of a mug, I thought yeah. it was tea. <laughs> no, I just drink out of mugs because I break anything that's in anything else. Oh, so, really? Yeah, I got, I get 
frantic sometimes where I'm like, oh, I got to do something. And I jump up and like knock over a table. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, that happens. Um, I mean, there was like a steady decline of big box anyways, you know, like Sears, Pennies, Macy's, like malls shutting down, like the way that people shop changing. Yeah. You know, like malls now are like community colleges and gyms with like a GNC and a GameStop in it and maybe like a Claire's Boutique. I don't know, you know, it's, so I, that's already kind of been an, a, an issue and that's already kind of changed and people were getting, people are getting weird and they need their weird shit. So it's like, I'm hoping that this like spawns a little bit more of like that weird shit, you know, like little pods of weirdness that are all over the city. And you want that weird thing, you need to go to them. If you want that other weird thing, you go over here. Um, so that's, I don't know, I'm hoping that's like one takeaway from this. What does the city look like right now? Is everything still boarded up? Mm, yes and no. Not not everything's pretty much back to normal, like retail wise. Um, a lot of shops closed down. A lot of uh, restaurants have closed down. A lot of bars have closed down. Um, it's a little bleak. Like it's definitely a little bleak. Um, there's also. A lot of the hotels and the hostels have been turned into halfway homes. Oh, really? And, uh, yeah, I got two on my block. Whoa. And, uh, yeah, yeah, I got two of them. Um, halfway homes for homeless people? For people coming home from prison. So, oh. yeah, yeah. And I don't want to be that guy because I have family in prison. I have family that's been in prison since the 80s. I can't wait for them to get home. Um, I know everyone needs a second chance. I know that like, I'm just hopeful, but you know, on the other side, it's like, if there's an 100%, 100% like transformation rate coming out of this prison system, like you're fucking, you're, you're, you're joking yourself. Like we, the prison system's a whole other thing we could get into at some point, but it's not there, to, it's, it's, it's money. They're not there to like fix anybody or like make anybody better. And you know, we've got these, two halfway homes on my block they doesn't seem like they're giving them anything to do during the day it doesn't seem like there's any rehabilitation going on i've met some really good people you know just with the with the skate shop being directly across the street you know we got, i've met some really great people they come in we just talk um some of them actually use the skateboard some of them come in because they hear like a song playing and like they just want to hear the song we start talking about like old guy hip-hop shit and um, I met some great people but there's also some wild ones on the block right now and there's definitely it's definitely got a different feeling you know um, it's not kosher for everyone you know what like um, drugs or pimping or they have guns like what is the vibe all of it oh, all really? of it all of it there's a building on a block that's an apartment complex all day just girls coming out getting in the cars um there's a dude that's at the halfway house he's all day running upstairs coming back down with something in his mouth selling the something selling rock like right on the block um a lot of like a lot of robberies going down right now um a lot of just it's I mean, 
I can't imagine what it would be like right now to be like struggling and to have two kids. I can't imagine what it would be like right now to be like, you know, be coming home from prison and like not knowing what to do with yourself. Cause yeah. for one, like the jobs just aren't there and you can't really congregate and you can't really rehabilitate. Um, I mean, maybe you can, but it, it, that's not happening here. And, uh, you know, it's just like, you're almost forcing some of these people to just go back to their old ways or right. what, whatever the fuck it is they know, you know, cause there's no, they're just providing them with a place to live. Yeah. And I'll go down from my apartment at like two in the morning to like, I'm up all night. Um, to like go get like a snack at the store, or like a beer or something. And like, there'll be like 12 of those dudes out front of the, the spot. And like, there's no structure. So, but for all of us, there's like such, there's like it, the, the structures, I don't know. There's so little structure for all of us right now. So I don't know, you know, I'm not trying to like say come home from prison bad. Um, I'm just saying like, it seems as if like they're not occupying anybody's time. They're not rehabilitating anybody. They're just like kind of letting them do whatever they do. Some of those outcomes are positive and some of them are not like shit is wild <laughs> i'm actually really surprised that you have two on your block because you're in a good neighborhood you have multi-million dollar homes around you you can't the, what are you going to do with the hotel i guess the, they have to the, make the, money huh so so yeah, the sub, state it, it, is giving them money yeah it's subsidized by the state and the state's filling the hotels up and again like cool that's what's up but at the same time like that's what's happening on a base level. Like they're getting, there's a place they can go to sleep, but all day everyone's out on the block and it is wild, you know? Mm. It's just like, and again, good people, met a, met a whole bunch of good people, but then there's also people that like, and then the other thing is like, there's like mental health issues. Right. And, you know, it's, it's a fucking issue. It's an issue in this country. It's, and even more now, you know, like if something was weighing heavy on you before, like I could see it weighing a little heavier now. And um, those particular people at these places should be, there should be more, I don't know, I just feel like they could work with them in a, in a more positive way and just sort of like occupy time in a way that like makes, I don't know, it has a more positive outcome. I don't know. It's tricky. The city is definitely a little weird right now. It's definitely a little strange. The one hotel literally opened for two weeks. They've been building this thing on my block for two, three years now. They just got it built, opened for two weeks, and then boom. Oh, really? Shut it down. Oh, yeah. And what's funny is on social media, they still exist because it was like built up. It's got like a night, it's got like a club in the basement. They had all these famous graffiti artists put graffiti all over the place. I don't know why you do that at a hotel. That seems weird, but whatever. Um, I'll judge a store if I walk into it. It's got too much graffiti on the walls. I'll be like, yeah, you guys could have just like painted these walls gray, but that's just me. But yeah, it's like, it's supposed to be like a boutique hotel with all the stuff. On social media, they still are like posting pictures like it's a boutique hotel. Oh, really? And, and it's business as usual. 
they must have had an amazing stockpile of photos. Like whoever was behind them. Wow. Like, yeah, they're still living in a way that makes you think it is, it's all good. You know, they're at the bar downstairs, they're drinking, like, look at this furniture, look at this painting. What would no. they say if I try to reserve right now? I, I, there's, it's like, there's nobody, everybody there works for the state. Like it's armed oh. guards. Armed guards sitting at, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like armed guards sitting at, at the, the bar. Uh, <laughs> you don't see the bars downstairs, uh, the, uh, the front desk. What? Yeah, outside smoking cigarettes, got the little, got the blicky on the hip, everything's like, you're just like, oh my God. They arrested a dude in there the other night and I don't know what was going on, but I'm looking out my window and I see cops rolling out with the riot shield going into the hotel and I'm like, what is going on in the hotel that they got to pull out the riot shield? Um, they just basically moved the prison to the hotel. Basically. Basically. Why would you put yeah. that many people that come from the same place that have no in tools to recover? In two hotels. Two I hotels. live on a block that's a triangle. So I live on a block that's a triangle. I'm like here, uh -huh. the hotel's here, and then there's a hotel here. Mm. So I can see one of the hotels from my back window and I can see another hotel from the front. Uh. So uh, yeah, it's, it's, but it's, yeah, it's like that's what's happening in the city right now in Manhattan. It's a reason that a lot of people are moving. Um, I'm not going anywhere. Like, I'm here, but uh, I could see it being weird for some people. But at the same time, like this is kind of what it was. This isn't like New York in the '80s, you know. This is like a fraction of that. It's not as crazy as I would remember that. But I don't know. You know, it's just a little wild. I mean, if you're not going to an office every day, you can live in Arizona. Yeah. You know, like you can live. To live wherever you know yeah and we're we're getting to that point you know like a lot of these offices i'm like talking with people and they're like yeah our office is opening in 2022 <laughs> you know another friend is like uh -huh. yeah 2023 they're talking about reopening like i mean it's cool because i don't think we need to i mean it's showing people we can all kind of work from our own spaces yeah um but we also need to be able to get together and powwow right and like, have that, like right. have that like rapid fire like so many good ideas came up from came came to me or my friends or the people that I worked with and we were like in an office every day together, eight to ten hours a day, losing our minds, saying something silly, and then like another guy takes it this way and another guy takes it this way, and then you're like, that would be fun. And some of that's gonna get lost in the mix, I guess, but who knows what's gonna happen. I don't know. You know? All these direct to consumer retailers are so smart. Ugh. I wish I would have started a direct-to-consumer sweatshirt, sweatpants lease company in like like 10 years ago. Uh, I'd be riding a wave right now. Ugh. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Who knows what's going to happen? We're just kind of, uh, we're here for the ride. Luckily, like, I think as, I don't want to use the word savvy, as like people plugged in, and people who like love what they do, I would like to think that we can all shift and we can all figure out new ways to navigate through this and we can all come up with new, new methods and we can all come up with like new strategies and plans of attack. You know, like I just, I, you feel, have like, to. I feel like if you're good at what you do, you should be fine. 
Mm-hmm. You know, you should be able to like figure something out. And you know, shit's just changing. I figure out some new stuff. Globally, a lot of us are in the same place right now. Yeah. You know, a lot of us are like, what the fuck do I do next? You know, like what is my next move? Like what is what's my move right now? Like mm-hmm. you know, it's I, I it's like I almost hate to say this, but there's like a little bit of ease in the fact knowing that it's like something you're not dealing with singularly. You know, you're like dealing with this on like a global level and like hopefully like there's like a pull of resources and a pull of like I don't know, just conversations that create special little things. Um yeah, but we're all there and we're all trying to just navigate through this and you know, I think a lot of us were kind of built to at least more recently than before, but a lot of us were kind of built to like like figure things out a bit more quickly, you know, like this is obviously a new channel, this is a new avenue. How do we plug into this? This is a new this. How do we plug into this? Like we're a little bit more built for this than like, you know, someone who would have been my age in the sixties or seventies or eighties or nineties, you know, like we're I'll be, we'll, we'll figure this out. <laughs> we'll get this figured out. You know, like, we still care about the things we care about. We still, like, want to support things we love. We still want to, you know, like, see our friends occasionally. We still want to, like, have, like, a community. Like, we'll just figure out ways to do it, you know? Like, at the skate shop, we'll just meet on the street, and we'll kind of, like, hang out on the street and let the store be for like retailers, but like, you know, there'll be like six of us on the block, you know, not too close, not too far, but we're talking, we're having our, you know, we're having conversations. People know that if they need like a little human outreach, they can come to the store. Um, you know, there'll be somebody there that's like, let's talk. <laughs> it's like, let's talk about something. Um, so the other thing that's been good through this is like we've built a really nice community in our area. A lot of really good kids. I've met a lot of really good people. Um, you know, the door's always there, not so much to walk through. The store's busy, but if you want to come by and just hang out, we'll be on the block and we'll be able, you know, we'll we'll sit there and shoot the shit. We'll sit there and like come up with things, you know. It's brought up, you know, our little community a lot closer. Um you know, at first we were all like wild, scared, and like not even going outside. And then once we kind of figured out, like we're outside, we have like a whole block. There's like six to eight of us. Like we're not like hugging each other anymore, but we <laughs> we got elbows and things. So you know, it's and some people don't even want to do that. You know what? That's cool. I don't care. You know, if you don't want to do that, I get it. Um, so the community's been really nice. You know, like we've. We've got a lot of really good skateboarders in the area. Um, a lot of kids that ride for companies, pros, amateurs, you know, new skateboarders. Um, there's been this amazing uptick in women skateboarding. And like, we have a lot of really good like skateboarders in the area. So it's kind of cool that like, and like we consciously went into opening Tenant. So the source called Tenant. Um, with the idea that we were gonna be like the next phase of skate shop, like 
I'm not trying to toot my own horn here. I'm not trying to like posture like I'm so ill, like I'm some great human. But like we we're taking we're trying to take away the gatekeeping. We're like not dicks. If you've come in, you've never skateboarded before, like I'm not gonna be an asshole to you. If you like have questions that are stupid, I'm not gonna be like that question stupid. Like I'll just be like, like, like let's tell you, let's let's have a conversation. You know, like we wanted to be like and there's a lot of shops like this in the country now. It's just like skate shops before were a little vibey. You know, they were a little they were a little gatekeepery and we're trying to like have like a space where like just fucking do you, you know, just like whatever you want to do, come do it. You know, if you want to stop by and say hello, we're here. Like if you're new, cool. If you're not cool, like just we just want to make a space that people can come to and fall in love with this shit if they haven't already and not make them apprehensive to even go in and get a new board, you know? Because that happens where people are like, I need something new, but I'm just going to buy it online. If I go to the store, they're going to be mean. Right. And it's like, it's like, why? Like, you're not that cool, you know? Like, everyone's cool. Even this person that you thought wasn't cool, like, talk to them about their life. They'll tell you something. You're like, what? You did what? Like, what What do you do? Wow. <laughs> like, that's amazing. You know, like, so we're trying to create that kind of spot. It's I love cool. it. It's just been, like, a weird little community center that just happens to take place outdoors. <laughs> you know? Um, it's cool. It's cool. I was at a party in New York once, and you remember members only jackets? Of course, I will always. So it was that shape, exactly the same style, but it said everyone is welcome instead of Ooh. members only on the tag. Same tag, same font, same everything. Ooh, I like it. I like yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, I actually, nah, I mean, like, I was guilty of that shit early on. Like, I used to be an asshole. I used to be the worst. But at some point, it's like, if you're that dude, like, you just walk around a bubble of negative energy, you know? Like, if you're hating everything, like, I do my best to, like, if I don't think I'm going to like something, I just don't pay attention, you know? Like, if something, if I go to something and it, it pisses me off often, just stop going there. If there's a brand or, like, a guy that you don't like, and every time you look at their shit, like, just don't look at it, you know? Like, find people that you like. There's so many good designers, and there's so many funny people out there, and there's so many talented people, like... Just find the people you like. Pay attention to them. Like, try not to be mad all the time. I was so mad for so long. <laughs> I'm <laughs> such an asshole. <laughs> like, this sucks. That sucks. You suck. You know who sucks? This guy. <laughs> what made you change? How did you realize that? I just got old, and I just got old. Uh -huh. you know, like, just, and also like. I think in like the early 2000s and in the 90s, like the gatekeeper shit was just like, I hate to say this, but it was kind of part of it. You know, it was like part of the whole like smoke and mirrors, I guess. Mm -hmm. And you thought the guy who was older than you was so cool and that's how he was. And you were like, this guy's cool, he's an asshole. And like, at some point you're like, wait a minute, that's, uh, that's cool. <laughs> I don't want to do that anymore. Yeah. You know, I'd rather just like, just be happy and just be chill and something's gonna make me mad i try not to pay attention to it because trust me there's some brands out there that i'm just like why are you living like you named your brand that you're not that 
I keep, I'm not going to get into it. There's one in particular that rubs me the wrong way. So Ooh, badly, I want to know. I'll cut it out. Yeah. Tell me. You'll cut it out? Yeah. Oh, but my God. I hate them, too. That mother, that so gross. Bad. That shit is rude as fuck. Like, I don't know. I don't like that shit. That shit pisses me off. <laughs> <laughs> you do that. <laughs> so shit like that, I try not to pay attention. You know, you know what brand like I really don't like is you do too. Dude, I think it's so So lazy. So lazy and like fuck you, man. Dude, stop. <laughs> stop. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I got an idea. I got an idea. Well, I'm gonna put the word fucking do something. Uh-huh. Ugh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I don't like that shit. I, 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 there's a lot of brands I don't like, but it's also because of the people behind the scenes. And I've had like run-ins, or I know things about them that people don't know about them. Like the dude, that motherfucker is seriously, seriously, like one phone call away from losing his house and his wife. Oh, right. Really? Like, he's a Me Too problem for oh. decades. Oh, dude, I have, I had a dude. I, I know people that have worked for him. I know women that have worked for him. I've read texts and emails from him. Ew. I had to go one time, like go to, I had to go to a party of his once and be like, yo, if you send that fucking message to this person one more time, like you got fucking problems, dog. Like you got to stop that shit. Like, oh. so th that's my other problem with like being in this industry as long as I have, like I know backstories to people uh -huh. where I'm just like, yeah, I can't fuck with you. Like, you present yourself as this thing, but like, right. I know what you're really up to. Like, right. just because this girl works for you doesn't mean she needs to go to your hotel room. Like, stop. Ooh. Also, also, how about keep your workplace fucking clean so you don't have to walk around with your tippy toes all the time. Don't be making fucking 19 year old mistakes in your 40s. Yeah. Like, like if you're 19, like, get it man you just right shit at the workplace i get it you're gonna fuck up and be like oh shit now i don't want to see this person and now like i have to because i'm working there and like you better watch out i hope this person doesn't say something to this person and now like oh no i got this i got this new girl that i'm dating and like this person's gonna oh i gotta keep like shouldn't be making those same mistakes this late in life that's not a mistake that's a choice at that point they know better come on for sure for sure and you hold something over their head. Yeah. Like a job and like the ability to travel and the ability to like right. do things and like achieve the dreams that you jumped into this business wanting. But yeah, so there's a lot of that shit, you know. <gasps> I didn't know that. I wonder I why the girls haven't come out. I don't know. I would, I would, and what sucks is you're putting like other people's livelihoods. Yeah. You know? But, like, all you have to do is, like, not do that. Right. Like, I get it. You want to cheat on your wife, but, like, maybe don't do it at work. Yeah, you know? with your employees that are basically children. I mean, if that's your thing. Like, if you want to actually make your life too, you're too old to be doing that shit, too. Like, how much work is that? Like, how much work? Just go home. Go to sleep. Play with your kids. Go to bed. Watch a movie fucking tired uh, <laughs> who's got the energy for any of this shit anymore do you remember that Chappelle skit where he's at the club and he's trying to get with the girls and they're like go home Dave you're married with children 
And so he walks out with his head down. <laughs> Go home. What a sleep. What a bed. Jeez. Yeah. You just like wake up tomorrow and go back to life as reg- as normal, you know, like as it is. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. So, what yeah, do you think? Like, background. Yeah. Where I'm just like, eh. So I I try to tune those companies out. What do you it's think good. about? I think he did it. I mean, I don't know. You know, I don't know. I mean, things seemed worse, but they're all bad. Oh, there's yeah. a thing. What was the accusation on him? Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Underage. Oh, boys or girls? Yeah. Come on. <laughs> boys? <laughs> yes. Oh. So, yeah, he was, like, trying to pull people in for, like, modeling. and Like, you know, you could be the new Facebook, like, mm. campaign. Blah, blah, blah. 16 years old. Blah, blah, blah. That's why he got, that's why gone. That was shit was back, but it was, and then once yeah. all that shit popped off, it was like later. Got it. I was wondering why he hasn't been around. Yeah, you gotta stop uh, talking to 15, 16 year olds. <laughs> <laughs> what do you talk about? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Damn, he had that whole collaboration with he did a lot. A lot yeah. of shit. Yeah, he did a lot of shit. He was on a, yeah, he was on a killing spree, and then yeah. So, I mean, that shit's going to happen. We're going to keep finding out about shit like that, you know? It's unfortunate because for so long, like, you could kind of get away with shit like Hollywood, like, fashion. And, like, if for one second you think that kind of shit's not happening in either of those worlds, like, come on. Yeah. Um, you just, uh, hopefully we can get better at some of this stuff. Hopefully we can figure this out. Oh, look at that. What's his or her name? Cody Wonder. Wait, what? Cody Wonder. Cody Wonder? Yes, sir. How old's Cody Wonder? He's eight years old. Oh, so cute. My dog's I know. just turned 12. Oh, really? Wait, is he an old man or does he still act like a child? Both. Both, yeah. He does both. Cody's cute as shit, though. Wow, what a cute little guy. <laughs> That's who I oh, grabbed. What up, buddy? Oh, oh, what up, dude? <laughs> <laughs> I like your coat. It's super nice. Uh, I like that nice coat of yours, Cody. I just got Mambo a Carhartt vest. Oh, you did? Yeah, he wears it to the store. Did you custom make it? Boys. No, no, they make vests for dogs now. Oh, my God. Yeah, so I, you know, he, he hangs out at the store with his Carhartt vest on. That's so cute. Is it lined? Yeah, of course. <laughs> it's a fucking vest. It's got the it's got the it's got the corduroy collar. Like it's all there. Heavyweight duck canvas, corduroy collar. Oh no. Pockets, just in case you want to put things in there. Yeah. He actually wears it, which is wild because he doesn't want to wear anything. Uh-huh. That's How so about Cody? Weird. Does he wear things? He does, because he gets cold. So when he gets cold, he'll let me. Mm -hmm. Okay, like sweatshirts and stuff? Yeah. (laughs) They're too good for us. We don't deserve them. I don't know how we got so lucky. Oh, my God. The the love from him. I can't. Oh, this guy's like, oh. (laughs) It's like my my favorite little thing in the world. He's so rad. He's so (laughs) rad. We have so many conversations Uh all day. Uh-huh. Talk about all the things. 
super important conversations. Yes, yes. How do they read us so well? They're just awesome. I don't know. He's like so, he, he he's me. Like mm-hmm. he wakes up when I wake up. Like he goes to sleep when I go to sleep. He's like, if I'm feeling like doing something, he's down. If I don't feel like doing anything, he's like, he's, uh, he's for good and bad. I don't know. I feel bad because could probably be a little better, but he's fucking, he's a very, very strong reflection of me. It's, it's, he's cute as shit. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah, when uh, Cody hears loud music or the TV's too loud, he'll give me a look and then he'll mm, walk away judging. to the other room. Yes. <laughs> like, bitch. <laughs> I thought that I told fuck. you it was quiet time. <laughs> <sighs> I'm trying to relax right now. I was just meditating. <laughs> Fucked up my whole shit. How dare you? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, he's my mambo's going blind now too, so he's uh he's a he's a bit more reactive. Noises make him a little bit more uh... weird. Nobody can touch me anymore. Like if he's with me, you can't dap me, you can't oh. shake my hand, you can't hug me. I mean you can, he just runs over and looks up and barks. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, he's not into it. He's not into it. He doesn't want anyone to touch me anymore. It's getting weird. But <laughs> whatever. I got a couple years left with him. Like, he's, yeah. Do whatever he's you gonna want. He's going to be weird. Yeah, yeah, and I don't even, I don't tell him what to do anymore. Like, he, he's earned his right to do whatever mm. the fuck he wants moving mm-hmm. forward. You know, he'll sit if I got to give him a treat. But other than that, like, I don't, I'm not going to ask him to do anything. There'll be times at night where I'm like, you want to go for a walk? And he'll like, look at me and put his head back down. I'm like, oh, yeah, you want to go for a walk? Huh? You know, I'll say it like four times just to make sure. Uh-huh. And by like the fourth time, if he's just like, no, I'm like, yeah, okay, huh? uh, you don't have to. Yeah. I let him live. I let him live. Yes. You know? Shall we call it? That was a great one. It's been almost okay. two hours. Has it? Yeah. Jesus Christ. Did we talk about anything important? (laughs) Sometimes, sometimes it's all laughs and giggles and I'm so down. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, this is like a, it's a a quarantine combo. I want to nerd out about like some shit. I want to talk about some industry shit with somebody. You can't do that at the skate shop all the time. There'd be a lot of kids in there like, what? Who? The 80s? Yeah, was, okay, what? <laughs> Wild old guy. Sometimes they like find out how old I am and they're like, huh? and I gotta just be like, yeah, no. What are you, 46, did you say? 44. 44. Okay, you could pass yeah. as 33. Not up close. Oh, no? Not up close. No. Nah, I'm, I'm like so gray at this point. Like. Oh, really? I don't say any yeah. gray. I just say brown. Oh. Oh no, it's there. It's in there. It's all that. Oh, now I see it. Okay, okay. Are you yeah. balding? No. <laughs> oh shit! You got a full head of hair. Is it That's long I too? I I just cut it all off. I was like, so I just cut it all off. So now it's just like slick back. Oh, got it. It's back to my roots. Oh, Italian Puerto Rican. You'll never go bald. Thank God. That's all I got. That's literally all I got at this point. Like, that's like, I'm like, this might not have worked out. This might, this might have not come to fruition, but you know what? I still got my head. And that's like, again, like that's some Latin, that's some ego shit. That's some uh, like vain shit. 
you know? Like my grandmother used to always threaten and like, I'll cut her face and make her ugly. And like, you know, that was like- Did she say that too? Like, all, all the time, you know? Like, in her mind, like the worst thing she could do is make someone ugly. And I'm not saying people without hair are ugly. That's not the case. I'm just saying that's some vain shit that I still hold near and dear to my heart. I'm not trying to brag. <laughs> Why would you hide that life. under a beanie? I wear hats. I don't ever not wear hats. But your hair hats. looks so luscious. But and I always shiny. Wear hats. I have to always wear hats. It's just my it's my thing. Okay, I love okay. headwear. Which I can genuinely attribute to a skateboarder Ray Barbie in the eighties. He started wearing baseball caps while he skateboarded. Before then, skateboarders didn't really wear baseball caps. They just wore helmets or you'd know what their hair looked like. He's the one that I genuinely believe put hats back into fashion, back into the world. The chain wallet, that goes to Matt Hensley, skateboarder who started wearing chain wallets in the early 90s, late 80s. All of a sudden, all these skateboarders wearing chain wallets. A few years later, just like the blind jeans, we're not wearing chain wallets anymore, but that's when everyone else started wearing flannel shirts. You can take that back to Mike Vallely, or Mike Vallely, skateboarder from New Jersey, sort of popularized that sort of thing with the Chuck Taylors. And kind of like, a lot of people, like people will be like, oh, that whole flannel thing came from grunge music. Mm-mm, came from Mike B before that. The whole chain wallet thing came from this, no, came from that. Like I genuinely feel like there are people in skateboarding who changed the trajectory of fashion. And people may not realize that it was a singular fucking human that like changed this whole group and then it left and went and became mass. Like in that portion of the 90s, there were quite a few skateboarders that were like, you'd go skating and there would be six of that person there because every kid wanted to be Matt Hensley. We had the shaved head, bleached blonde, cut off cargo shorts, chain wallet, band tee. You know, like Ray Barbie was 501s cuffed with the baseball cap, with the t-shirt. Mike V with flannels, with like chino pants, with Converse because he was like the first like vegetarian skateboarder, at least the first to like have it be his thing. Like I'm not skating in leather shoes. Later, there was zero to skateboards or skate shoes. Ed Templeton, another vegetarian or vegan, rode for them. There was no leather, but Mike V was the first one to kind of be like, I don't fuck with that. And he had a board that had a bunch of animals on it and said, please don't kill my friends. And you know, like I can genuinely point to things in skateboarding and like, like the blind jeans, for instance, where like it started here and then it became mass. Um, So yeah, skateboarding and fashion and like weird little moments, like they kind of get overlooked. I'm glad I mentioned those, they're very important. Uh, I grew up in skate culture just because of being in Huntington Beach and being embedded in that scene and I was in surf club where we went out at 7am in the morning so that was the scene but I have never learned how to skate. I mean you surfed? I surfed yeah but skating freaks me out. I loved it I can't do it anymore because I have a shoulder that just like dislocates now. So Ooh. I can't paddle out anymore. Yeah, I've had surgery up and down this whole side of my fucking you body. You fell from skating? Mo- skateboarding, motorcycle shit, bike accidents. Like, I got hit by a bus once on a bike. What? Had to get, like, shoulder surgery, ankle oh surgery, God. knee surgery. Yeah, it's fun. <laughs> so, yeah, I just, 
there's certain things I can't do anymore. But yeah, I used to love surfing too. That was always fun. Wait, so every time you got hit or got in an accident, it, it was always your same shoulder? Um, well, skateboarding, I was regular footed, so it's my whole left side. And then when I got hit by the bus, I got hit on my right side with land oh. on my left. Oh. And kind of that happened. Dang. Yeah, so I just not, I can't do everything anymore, but I could still partake a couple things here and there. Were you conscious and it was just hanging off your body like this? The, when I got hit by, hit by the bus, I woke up and I just had like puke on me. Oh, I just, yeah, no. I was just like, I was just like, I don't know what happened. But, and people yeah. were around you? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yes. And there was an ambulance and they were getting ready to load me in. I woke up like before I got put in the ambulance. Oh, got it, got it. I was confused by the puke. Oh. Yeah. Uh, I was like, who did this? Who did this? One of you. One of you guys thinks this is very funny. It is not. Although oh. this looks like what I had for breakfast today. You probably <laughs> did too. Yeah, it was just like the concussion, you know? Like when you get, I've, I've had like, God, maybe like 15 concussions in my Are life. Are you serious? Um, so many. Yeah. You hit your head a lot, you know? <laughs> not good <laughs> all from skating um skateboarding falling out of things um, falling out of what who falls like out of things regularly no like my first one i got when i was four i was like climbing up a wall and fell back on my head um i got another one when i was like eight because I, I i i had a pair of cleats and i was like running around the house with hogwood floors and i slipped and fell back uh. on my head and started puking and then like later on in skateboarding like had a few um one time like i got into a fight with this dude and he like scratched my eyeball and the trauma to the eye was enough to like trigger yeah puking and uh thing and my memory is like not so bad anymore in some ways but long term i'm great short term like someone will be like yo you you did this last week i'll be like did it all right cool cool this is up how did it go well Uh, yeah, so I deal with some of that. So I can't surf anymore, but I love to surf. But yeah, Huntington Beach was a shit. That was like the epicenter for a while. Yeah. Like, that Huntington Beach Park was like everyone was there every day. Like all the all the big guns. What they call them? All the top dogs. Black <laughs> down top dogs. Um, yeah, that was like a spot for a while. I mean, that's like most of the industry is like right there. Yeah, yeah, like Ruka is all Orange County, Vans, Orange County. I don't I mean, is Quicksilver? They were. Sure. They were. Um, who knows what's going on with them with all the banks? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. But uh I mean Southern Southern California was really the epicenter. Like LA wasn't really so in the mix or as much in the mix as people would think it was. You know, like industry wise, it was more like yeah, so how you're describing the dress code, that's what I was wearing when I was a kid. Sweet, sweet. Yeah. <laughs> I was all over the place. I was all over the place. Sometimes I'd do swishy pants with both legs up. Sometimes I had lots of gold teeth. Sometimes I didn't. Sometimes I would look like a mechanic at a garage. I don't know. I was trying different things. I was trying things. It didn't always work out for me, but that's the fun of being young. 
the older you get, the more you need to like find your look and stay with it. That's so true. When I turned 30, I was like, oh, I'm old. Okay. Now I'm going to like keep my saying. Stick with the look. Like, but if I want to branch out within that look, you totally can. But like, I can't be throwing curveballs at people. No, no. I can't be showing up with harem pants somewhere and all, everyone I know would be like, bro. Huh? Yeah. I told a friend of mine, I was like, when I turn 40 and you see me in a crop top, you better put a hoodie or sweater on me. <laughs> <laughs> Have a towel on deck. <laughs> you better put a cape on me. <laughs> capes could be cool. I that could be. I always thought capes would really come back, but I guess normal people just when, don't walk on with capes. When was it here? Capes were never really here. <laughs> I mean, James Brown made him look so cool. You know? Oh, he did, yeah. You know, I figure if you're like a guy who's really doing something, you could have like a cape person, like, like James Brown. James Brown or Prince. Prince, you know, like, but it's also very, but Cameron for a second started a cape line. Do you remember that? Like Cameron the rapper? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he, like for one season, he was like, I'm going to start this brand and it's going to be all around capes. And it didn't work out. I cannot see that. He doesn't seem like a cape kind of guy. Well, you know what I'm saying? I'm going to wear a cape. I can put anything on. I, I can do anything. Show everyone a pink Escalade. Of course he can have a cape. Yeah, shit. Saw him recently. There's no looking so good. But, yeah, no. I don't know. got to find that lady. Uh, what was that rapper, producer, old school, NWA? Who just Dr. got a divorce, Dre? Dr. Dre, and his brain aneurysm. Yes. That made me feel old. What happened? I didn't hear about this. What? Where yeah. Uh, maybe three weeks ago or so. He was in the hospital. Mm -hmm. He's okay? I think so. Now he's stable. But this came maybe after a month of when him and his wife said they were going to get a divorce and he lied to her about getting rid of the prenup. So I just thought to myself, damn lady, if you just stayed married to him for one more month, you would have been good. <laughs> but now she's only getting two mil, I think, a one final payment. <laughs> He's worth billions. Yeah, but he kept the prenup and she, he told her that he ripped it up. Uh-huh. Why would you trust somebody unless they ripped it up in front of you? If it was like that- He did. He did rip it up in front of her. He ripped up a fake one. Yeah. Oh, wow. How do I not know this story? This story is <laughs> awesome. Shit, that means- Oh, uh, he ripped up a fake prenup in front of you? That's not cool. To declare his love. <laughs> and then kept it for it 20 years. Oh my God, Jesus Christ, that's horrible. Isn't that awful? Don't do that. Yeah, don't do that. Don't do that kind of shit. Like, you got a billion something dollars. You can't give more than that. that. <laughs> yeah, like, come on, it's fine. She was. How long were they married? Something like twenty or thirty years. Ridiculous. Yeah, she wrote that out. She gets the money. Yeah. It's not like she was with them for four years and she's like right. give me half. Mother of his children. Bill. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she helped him build that. Like, For he came sure. home and talked to him. At least one bill. I mean, just give him two million. That's like... <laughs> you can... Dude, you can't live off two million for the rest of your life. Nah. That's not, not at her enough. age. No, it's not enough. Like, 
two million in nineteen eighty nine. Yeah, you can live off that for the rest of your life. Eighteen, I don't need two. I don't even know. You can't like, even buy a house is, in California. No, like, what are you going to do with that? Like, yeah. what are you going to do with two million? That's all she's getting. Mm. Mm. That's kind of <laughs> not cool. I don't like that. That's not That's cool. fucked up. Yeah. When did they announce that? Recently? A couple of weeks ago. Same shit? Mm. It could have changed and I could be wrong. Jesus Christ, bro. <laughs> Come on, dude. What are you going to do with all that money? What are you going to do with it? What's the point? What do you do with it? You already got like six jetpacks. You got planes. You got all the things you want. Like, hopefully you got like 14 dogs. And like, you know, you're doing great shit, but yeah, I don't know. It's weird. Yeah. Seems strange. Oh, shit. All right. So, are we done with this thing? Yeah, let's call it. That was great. Thanks, Jesse. <laughs> For sure. This was fun. It's nice to have a nice conversation. <laughs> yeah. You look great. All you right. look healthy. You look vibrant. Hey, thanks. I'm trying. You as well. <laughs> Thank you. All right. All I'll right. talk to you soon. Peace. Peace. Take care.